I'm Aidan Ferreira. Uh, most of you would know I'm the uh, student minister here at Full Life, and it's really good to see you all, um, especially you guys who went to camp. I don't know how you've made it here. I've barely made it here myself and everyone else. It's really great. Uh, so today we're going to be uh, looking at our verse from 1 John uh, chapter 2, 28 to 3, uh, 1 John 3, verse 10. And it goes, And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope will purify themselves as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that we, he might take our sins away, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin either sees him or has known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appears was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in them, and, can, and they cannot continue to go on sinning, because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of the, the God are, and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, I just pray in this time that, Lord, any word that aren't of you would just be pushed to the side, Father God. They would fall to the wayside, and any word that is of you, Lord, that people would just be able to take on themselves, that it would just flourish in their hearts. And Lord, I just pray that we would see you as a good and mighty Father today, that we would know that we are sons and daughters of God, and Lord, we would act as such. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So when a baby's born, it's always an exciting time, right? You just love to see like the little cute faces and stuff, and it's it's great welcoming a new person into the world. And one of the my favorite things to do, and I know it's a lot of people's things that they love to do, is um, to kind of guess what parents, which parts of the parents they're going to resemble. And, you know, as soon as you see them, you start pointing it out. You're like, oh, look, you know, he has his mom's eyes or he has his dad's ears and things like that. 
But it's not just our physical features that we get from our parents. We also get a lot of traits from our parents too. See, we, we tend to get our personality traits from our parents too. And that's for better or for worse. You know, I'm sure we've all heard it before in our lives, you know. Oh, you're just like your dad or you're just like your mom. Sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes not so much. But what our passage is telling us today is that in the same way that we take after our physical parents, our human parents here on earth, when we're born of God, we actually resemble God. We have his traits as well. So our passage, first of all, tells us what it means to be a child of God. So if we look here at uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know him, does not know us, is that it does not, didn't know him. See, this verse tells us that a child of God is someone who knows God and, it, and is a person who responds to his love. It all starts with the understanding of the reality of God's ultimate act of love for us. His ultimate act of love for us in sending Jesus. You know, he didn't send Jesus on to suffer and die for us just so that we could have some sort of good life. He didn't do it so that we could be good people. Jesus died so that we could come to know the Father intimately as his sons and daughters. God gave everything up for us so that we could come and call him Abba Father. So the reality of being a Christian is much more than just standing in church and singing some songs. You know, it's not saying some prayers. We are called to be children of God. And that happens when we understand the reality of the love that he has poured out on us. That's what John is saying here. It all starts from the love that God poured out. And it's such an exciting thing. We can be so excited about that. That's why he says again, that is what we are. He really wants to emphasize the fact that we have been changed to be children of God. And when we are changed to be children of God, that radically changes us. We should want to follow after God and be more like him every day. We should see him just as our parents and start to follow his traits. So, He's also telling us that this thing is, this being a child of God is something that should give us great confidence. See, John loves looking at the end times. He's always talking about that. So he says, look, there's going to be a day where Jesus is going to come back. That's an absolute reality. You know, at, at the end of times, the second coming of Jesus will happen and we're all going to face judgment. Now, while the rest of the world might want to start prepping doomsday shelters and storing away food and living in fear of that sort of time, we don't have to do that. See, because when Jesus comes, we can stand in confidence before him. We don't have to be afraid of the judgment that he's going to, because he's going to see us as sons and daughters of God. What 
John is saying is that we should be living in anticipation of this time. We shouldn't be living in fear of it. We should actually be looking forward to the coming of Christ. In John's eyes, we constantly need to be living in anticipation of that end. See, in verse 2 to 3, it says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. See, all, sorry, all who have hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So we need to be living out our lives with the expectation of Jesus' return, trying to be like him every day. We need to be looking forward to that fact as children of God and become closer to his image. Because what John is telling us here is that's our ultimate goal. It's to be like Christ. He literally says he doesn't know what's going to happen at the end of days. We can imagine what we want, what heaven's going to be like, and what you know the end of times is going to be like, but none of that stuff really matters, especially not in comparison to the fact that we are going to end up looking like Christ. We are going to reflect him perfectly. That's the thing that we can look forward to and be excited for. And that's a time when we'll be fully changed to be like Jesus, pure and free of all the struggles of sin in our life. But just because that's a hope for the future, that doesn't mean that we can't start acting like that now. See, our anticipation to be fully like Christ should inspire us to look like him right away. It's a process that we call sanctification. It's where we become pure over our whole lives. We try to look and reflect Jesus more and more in our lives each and every day. John is saying here that, you know, don't wait for the end times when Jesus comes back to purify yourself. You know, it's, it will happen, but we shouldn't just be waiting for that time. It should affect the way that we live our whole lives. If that's our goal, we should start living out our everyday lives to be holy each and every single day. And that's why he takes a tangent here and says, you need to move away from sin because we can't live holy if we continue to sin. So in verse 5 to 6, he says, but you know that he appeared so that we, he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. The start of our sanctification started when he took away our sin. You know, when you came to God, he washed away the sin. He made the slate clean. So it makes no sense for us to move back to the sin that used to have a control over our lives. It makes no sense to keep living in that sort of sin. We've been changed so radically by God, so if we stay within that, it's like we haven't changed at all. But keep in mind, that's not to say that a believer's never going to sin. Obviously, we're still flesh and blood. We still make mistakes, and God knows 
that that's the case. That's why if we look back to the last chapter, John actually said, my dear children, sorry, from verse, in verse 2, oh, sorry, chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, he says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And not only ours, but also the sins of the whole world. See, he knew we were bound to make mistakes. He wants us to not sin. That's plain and simple, but we still stuff up every now and then. That's not to justify it. That's not to make it okay. But what he's saying is, just come back to God. If you make a mistake, come back to God. But what we really need to understand is that we need to completely run from our habitual sin. While he is talking about sin, we can certainly focus too much on the sin. See, the, although this passage is talking a lot about running away from sin, it's talking about not sinning. It's actually doing that to compare children of God and children of the devil. What John is saying here is that we're no longer children of the devil. We aren't people who sin anymore. That's why we shouldn't sin. He's saying, rather than our false father, rather than the devil, let's look to our real father, to God. Let's start to follow his lead rather than the lead of the enemy. And to resemble God, John has two simple things. He says that someone who is a child of God does what is right and loves a brother and sister. This is an entire attitude of how to be. He's, and this is something that John puts as the absolute emphasis of our life as a Christian. We need to look more to do with what we should be doing rather than what we shouldn't be doing. It's not about not sinning. It's about actually doing what is right in the eyes of God. Are we loving our neighbours? Are we genuinely caring for the poor and downtrodden? Do we love those who are hard to love in our life? All the people that, you know, we're, we're told to look out for, the widows, the poor, are we actually taking our time to look after them? Are we actually going, to, going around and sharing God's word? Or are we staying comfortable in this place? We need to take a step and start choosing to reflect God's image more in our life. We can't just wait until we are fully like Jesus. We need to take... We need to take on that fact that we are supposed to look more like Jesus and start doing that in our own lives. 
Start looking more like God, rather than just sitting to the side and hoping for the day that Jesus will come and that we will be pure. So what this word is really saying is that if we really are children of God, then we need to step out and act like children of God. We need to start reflecting God in our own lives in every way that we possibly can. So, as we pray today, let's just pray that God would help us to constantly resemble him more. Let's pray that we would constantly be excited for more of him, that we would always be seeking to further our relationship with God. Let's pray that we wouldn't focus on our sin anymore, but we would instead focus on the things that God wants us to do in our lives, the things that will make us more like Christ. Let's pray. God, you called us out to be children of God, your children. Lord, I just pray that we would constantly seek to look more like you, seek to look more like Jesus in our lives. Lord, that in that our focus wouldn't be the sins of our lives. We wouldn't get caught up on that. Rather, we would just seek your justice in this world. We would seek to pour out your love on everyone that we can. Lord, make us more like you in this time. And let us fully realize how much you love us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.